When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Behind the Setlist, the podcast where artists tell the stories behind the songs they perform live. I'm Jay Gilbert from Label Logic. And I'm Glenn Peoples from Billboard. In this episode, we talk to Ann Wilson, co-founder of the legendary rock group Heart, about the song she played at one of her more recent concerts at the Neptune Theater in Seattle, Washington on October 13th, 2021. Neptune holds about 800 people, so it's a big tall room, but it still has an intimate feel. Yeah, I've been there. What a show. And, you know, one of the greatest voices of rock and roll uh, in rock and roll history. The, the, the show covered the gamut from classic Heart songs like Love Alive, Magic Man, Even It Up, Barracuda, just to name a few of, you know, the favorites. Um, and and Mr. All Wind. She played a couple of songs from her album Fierce Bliss that's due out April 29th. But as far as heart songs, she didn't go past the 1980 album Baby Lestrange, even though many of the band's most popular songs are from the mid to late 80s. She talked about why that is. And Anne played a number of cover songs, some well-known songs by rock greats such as Aerosmith, The Who, and Led Zeppelin. And she plays some songs that might surprise some listeners. She led off with one by legendary Americana singer-songwriter Steve Earle, but it wasn't Copperhead Road or another of his better-known or more streamed tracks. She did a lesser-known song by Jeff Buckley. And she covered 6AM, a side project of Motley Crue bassist and songwriter Nikki Six. And she talked about what attracted her to that song. Yeah, it's really interesting to hear Anne talk about how she builds the set list, why she picks the songs that she does, and, and she tries to take the listeners on a journey with highs and lows and always being mindful of what songs work well together. At one point, she said it sounded calculated, but I think that's the point. She's played for so many years that she knows her crowds and how they'll react and what works best and what doesn't and when to get them on their feet, when to slow it down and when to draw the crowd to a hush. Yeah, Anne's an old pro. She was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2013, introduced by Chris Cornell, actually, the late singer mm. for the band Soundgarden. This was a great conversation that you know let us tap into our decades of experience and knowledge. I hope our listeners enjoy it as much as we did. So without further ado, here's Ann Wilson behind the set list. Let it roll. Welcome to Behind the Set List. Today we're joined by Ann Wilson. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thrilled to see you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. We are excited to talk to you about a particular show and go through the set list, one at the Neptune Theater in Seattle. But before we do, 
I just have to do the kind of Chris Farley uh, fanboy thing because I grew up in Seattle or near Seattle, you know, and I've seen so many of your shows and I'm such a huge fan of your work throughout the years. And it's just such a, a pleasure to get to speak with you. I tell people sometimes that my older brother had Led Zeppelin, you know, I kind of grew up listening to Heart. And so that was kind of my Led Zeppelin. You know, I bought the albums as they came out and I got to see that. So, you know, from growing up in little Bremerton and you know, Washington and, and seeing Seattle, it's, it's just such a, a thrill to uh, talk to you today. So thanks for joining us. Sure. Thank you for having me. So let's, let's talk a little bit about um, the set list. Um, from the uh, Neptune Theater, and I'll let Glenn kick it off with your opener because I thought that was really interesting. And tell us about covering Steve Earle, The Revolution Starts Now. It's a 2004 song. And um, like some other songs in this set list, you know, it's very well-known artist and, and maybe not their most well-known song. How did you come to play this track? Well, I've always been a Steve Earle fan. And I thought that the revolution starts now was particularly relevant when I put it out uh, before the last election. And uh, I think it, I think I put it out like a year and a half ago now, something like that. And it just spoke to me is it was just like at a time when people were their most polarized, um, I felt it was something people needed to hear again. And it says something that you're you're leading off a concert with it. It's not just it's a song you're dropping in the middle of a set, right? This is, this is your opening statement. It's a statement song for sure, and it's it's funny how in different parts of the country when we play that song, like you can play that song in a deep red state and people just dig it, and then you play it in a deep blue state, people dig it. So it it's not something that that you have to choose sides on all sides love that song nice so you you went right from that into black wing and for those that don't know you have a new album coming out april 29th uh called fierce bliss and this is a track from that album and there's a couple of things that i'd love to get your thoughts on one is i saw a killer live version of this um this Hampton beach performance that's on YouTube. It was like six minutes long. It was amazing. And I loved seeing you play the flute again. So, so talk about how did that track come about? Well, uh, during the quarantine pandemic time, when we were all in our houses for a year, <laughs> um, I happened to live with my husband out in a very rural setting in North Florida by a big river and uh so for a year i sat in the house and looked out at this big river way out in the country and the only living things i saw beside my husband were these big birds that were over the river big ones you know like eagles and stuff like that and cranes and um i started to feel like they were the ones who were free i was imprisoned but the birds were able to spread their wings and just go over New York City, go over Miami, go to Seattle and just be free. Like I wasn't, you know, 
So I wrote the song to these birds. You know, I would love to for you to talk about the band you're performing with. And, um, you know, you've worked with some incredible musicians recently and on your new and upcoming album. I mean, the lineup is just insane. Um, and, and this set in particular, who are you playing with? I'm playing with Tom Bukovac on guitar, uh, Tony Lucido on bass, uh, Paul Moak on keyboards and another guitar and mandolin. And Paul's kind of like the, the triple thread of the band. And then uh, up and coming drummer from Seattle named Sean T. Lane. And Sean's a young guy and he, he just fits seamlessly into this group of older, really accomplished studio musicians from Nashville, which became the Amazing Dogs. You know, from Blackwing, you go to a couple early heart songs, Love Alive, Magic Man. You have so many heart songs to choose from, right? I mean, uh, these are from mid to late 70s. How do you how do you pick what you're going to play? Well, all songs are not created equal when it comes to live performing. Some make the uh, transition to live and some just don't work. Um I think that the heart songs that are in the set are ones that transfer translate to life the best. Crazy on You, Barracuda, Straight On, Even It Up. Uh, the ones that dance and move, you know, those come off yeah. well live. They're part of the uh, soundtrack to a lot of people's lives. Um, you go from that into uh, just this wonderful uh, version of John Lennon's Isolation, which, you know, you had recorded before. But uh, when you were growing up, you got to see the Beatles. I did, yeah. At wow. the uh, at the Seattle Coliseum, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Looking back on that now, it just seems like, how could that ever be? But, you know, I guess if you stay alive and stay vertical, you can have these great experiences. This doesn't take them along with your life, you know. When I was super young, I graduate, gravitated toward Paul. And then the older I got, the more sophisticated my taste got in terms of which beetle, you know. And then uh, most recently, my beetle was George. Yeah, there's no wrong answer there. Right. <laughs> right. You go from John Lennon's isolation into your song, um, Greed. Uh, which is a single from Fierce Bliss that comes out April 29th. And it's a great track. It's a rocking track. Um, and again, you were able to work with, with so many great people putting this album together. And tell us about recording that song. Greed was recorded um, in Nashville at the soundstage. And it was something that I'd had that um, that set of lyrics for a, for a long time. I was waiting for the right musical bed. And uh, sure enough, when we got into the soundstage and there was Kenny Wayne Shepherd and wow. Warren Haynes and Tom Bukovac, I mean, that's where, where the real magic happened with the rock, you know, and that's what greed came out of. Greed is Then you 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 do an, a, a song that I absolutely love, but I would never dream that 
you know, someone would cover it, and that's Forget Her by Jeff Buckley, you know, which is the last album on on Grace uh, from 1994. Um, were you just a big uh, Buckley fan? How did that come about? I was a Buckley fan and a super fan of that song. I just thought it was cool story, heartbreaking, human, had all the elements of a really good, passionate song, like the kind I like to sing. And I just wanted to get inside it, basically. Yeah, you do a great version of that song. You pay it a great deal of respect, and it's just a uh, killer song. Yeah. I know when yeah. when we were recording that song at uh, Muscle Shoals, Tom Bukovac was going through a divorce, and it was really hard for him. And him he barely could keep it together when we were recording forget her because he was, he was trying to be strong and just work like he's supposed to do. But that song just tore him apart. And um, that's one of the reasons why the track is so soulful. I think Tom really brought his own pain to it. Going to the next song, won't get fooled again, uh, which came after Jeff Buckley and, you know, you're you're doing some of the greats, and here you cover the Who, and um, and it is it's a well-known Who song. And this is not um, a, a deep cut or anything, right? So you're playing a hit here, and and why this song? Because people love this song, and it's it, it's something that always gets everybody up, and they they just dig it. At first, when we start playing it, they go, "Oh, it's that Who song," but by the time maybe. 30 or 40 seconds have gone by they're into it you know and the, what the words are saying and and um here we go again you know this is rocking but uh <laughs> the big scream in the middle of the song that daltrey does people want me to do that and they wait for that <laughs> so you're at this point you're eight songs into an 18 song set and trying to keep the energy up, is this a good point in the set to get people on their feet? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's no bad time to get people on their feet, but when I design a set, I like it to have highs and lows and, and to be um, designed so that it takes people on a trip. And uh, Won't Get Fooled Again is the perfect song to rally people. And they love to be rallied. So when it happens in just the right way in a big place, it's you, you can't beat it. Are you the one that actually crafts the set lists night after night? You choose maybe based on the venue you're playing or the area that you're playing? How, how does that come about? I always, um, yeah, I'm the designer of the set lists always. And I have been for heart too. And in my solo stuff, it's pretty easy to figure out what should come after what. Because you want to give the people an experience. You want to have an experience yourself. And uh, (laughs) if the set is designed right, it's just like a natural momentum, you know. And then the lull happens when people need to go into it deeper. And then, then if they just want to explode at the end. That's that's the way to do it. How do you keep your voice in shape? Because these songs are 
not easy songs for people to sing. And right. we watch people throughout their career, well, maybe they'll play a song a step down or maybe they'll play it a little bit differently. But you get out there, not only did you do, you know, Won't Get Fooled Again, but then you go into Crazy on You. And I don't know how you do it. After all these years of performing these songs at a high level, you can still just hit it night after night after night. How, how does that happen? Arnica. <laughs> Arnica pellets. Um <laughs> just just common sense you know i mean you don't yeah i don't smoke i don't do things that wreck my throat that dry it out and on tour these days i don't like to do more than two two nights in a row give my voice enough time to heal after that you know and then come back stronger yeah. you know i think i think the surprise of the set for me is um the next song permission which is a cover of a a track by 6AM, which is Nikki Six's band. And it's it's not like you're doing a Motley Crue cover. You're doing a cover of of his other band. And you know, it's it's a great song and, and the lyrics are really intense. So what what drew you to this song in particular? I like this song because it's it it's just um it's taken off the six AM album called The Heroin Diaries. And so it's it's dealing with the, with uh, the monster of addiction, and this song, in this song, the person wants to get well and they want to heal, and they they figure out that the only way that they can do that is by giving themselves permission to change. And so uh, that's why I like the song because it's just so idiotically, essentially simple. You can't do it unless you want to. Nobody can tell an addict that they should quit being an addict. They have to, they have to decide for themselves when they're going to stop. And so permission is needed. That's what the song is based on. Do you find the people in the audience, do they, are they familiar with this song or is this something that you're giving to them for the first time? It's something I'm giving to them. I don't think a whole lot of, people that would go see Hart or go see me would be listening to 6AM. But this song by itself is so cool. It's Mm -hmm. such a passionate song and um, so intimate, you know, like the whole part about um, uh, the end of my driveway, it comes down to you. The brake lights on the highway, it comes back to you. My front door, it comes back mm. to you, you know. Yeah, powerful. <laughs> it's really cool. It is. It's a haunting song. It, it is haunting, yeah. So now things start to ramp up as you head towards the, the end of your show. Um, the, the next couple of songs, you know, if you're not moving by this point, you probably don't have a pulse. You know, when you do Straight On from Dog and Butterfly and Even It Up from Baby Lestrange. Right. I mean, now it's now it's turning it up a notch. But then you throw in this curveball that I didn't expect, and that is uh, Love of My Life, you know, from Queen, which is an amazing song. And on Fierce Bliss, you do that with Vince Gill, one of the sweetest voices ever, one of the best guitar players ever, oh, yeah. you know. Um, and I, on the face of it, I thought, well, that sounds a little odd. And then you listen to it, and it's it works. It just gels. Now I'm talking about the recording from your new record, but 
you you do that live too, and that's again, I guess it's one of those songs that's kind of in that um, that soundtrack of our lives, you know, like the Who and one of those that everybody knows that, and it's just. What, tell me about the response when you're like going from straight on, even it up, things are rocking, and then you drop Love of My Life on them. What is that like? Well, people generally, by the time they've rocked out to three songs in a row, they're ready for something different. And um, like, like I know from experience that if you put a really intimate, passionate ballad in the middle of uh, at third base you know that that's the perfect time for that yeah. because after yeah. the ballad there's no place to go but up and you're gonna go over the goalpost, you know <laughs> so so uh yeah uh, what usually happens is we do love of my life and you can hear a pin drop and then when it's over you get this warm, swelling feeling of emotion, which that is killer. That's that's what you want because that means people have opened up and they're you've really got them and they they heard that they felt that you know. So then after that, it's the perfect time to make your home run. This talk sounds really cold and calculating now that I'm talking about it, but, but it really is <laughs> not at all. The most, it really is the most, uh, you know, loving set that I can design <laughs> to bring people and give them an experience, you know? Yeah. Well, I've had the fortune of being to a lot of your shows and I've, I've felt this, I've seen it and I know exactly what you're talking about when you drop that song in there. I haven't seen you do love of my life uh, live yet, but I will. And I can just kind of sense how that would be, that familiarity, that beauty that, you know, if you saw the Queen movie and you saw, you know, how they were singing that back to, uh, you know, Freddie Mercury and that. And it's it's that sort of thing. It becomes this emotional swell. And I love how and I'll let Glenn take over, but I love how you launch from that into the last couple of songs of your set. Well, next you did. um dream on by aerosmith right so you're continuing the songs with iconic legendary singers not making it easy for yourself and in this case a very well-known aerosmith track maybe one of their best known songs and not a not a ballad but not totally upbeat either right maybe mid-tempo why this song well this song came into our set sort of by accident we were in rehearsal for for a tour we got through playing one song and between songs people kind of noodle around you know on their instruments and Paul Moak started playing those opening diminished fifth chords from uh from Dream On and, and everyone just went oh yeah we should try that so we were trying around just fooling around with it in rehearsal and it we loved it so much and everybody lit up to it so much that we decided to try and put it in our set. And when we did that in the set, all that people have to hear are the first like three or four notes. And they know that song because the, the um, introduction to that is so iconic. And so it's, it's, it's a way for people to get this real jolt of like, Oh yeah. You know, (laughs) <laughs> and uh, it opens up their souls more. <laughs> 
even more. And they sing along with the dream all, you know. That track came out in, in 1973. Were you an Aerosmith fan in 1973? I wasn't, you know, like I, in 1973, I was still a kid and um, I didn't know about them. I heard that song on the radio and I thought it was great, but I didn't know anything about Aerosmith. Well, speaking of iconic intros that you can uh, recognize in the first two seconds, Barracuda is what you ended uh, the night with before your encores. And of course, that's one of those songs when that guitar starts, I'm sure it's just electric. The The crowd instantly recognize it, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and why did you choose that as kind of the one to end the night? Is it because of that energy from that song and that uh, recognizability of that and the energy of it? Well, that and, but mostly because it came so, so naturally out of dream on, it just, it works together. I mean, they're, they're like brothers almost. And, uh, and it just, uh, it just worked. And people, when you leave them, you want to leave them with something energized, I think. So when they walk out, they're going like, yeah, fuck yeah, you know, and, so that's why Barracuda. I wouldn't want to do Barracuda first in the set because it takes some some built up energy to really be one with Barracuda. It's physical and it's mental. That song is. So you want to be open up enough, you know, to really get the whole smash of Barracuda. The last song of the night is the perfect spot for it. And then you take a break, an encore break, and you come back. Your next song is Zeppelin's Going to California. Gots to have some Led Zeppelin in the set, for sure. And Going to California is one of my favorite Zeppelin songs because they've got that really whimsical um, acoustic mandolin thing going on. And, and uh, it just we just wanted to bring it all, like after Barracuda and Dream On, we take it all the way down to slightly steroidized acoustic. And um, people, that stuff is holy, that those Zeppelin songs, a few of them, people don't believe you're doing it for one thing. And when you actually start doing it, they're like, really? Okay, yeah. then, you know, they, they like that, you know, they're open to it. Yeah. Doing that. I remember seeing you, it was probably around 79 or 80 when you had rock and roll uh, as yeah. your encore and the place just lit up um, because of that. But one of the things is, is that your voice lends itself. Not many people can sing Robert Plant. Um, and you do it in your own way, but with respect to the way the song was originally performed. And it's just comfort food. And, and it's yeah. just such a joy to see you do that. And I love, I haven't seen you do going to California and I'm really looking forward to that. But you, you, you go from that 
into what I think is one of Hart's best songs ever, and one that always spoke to me and is just a powerful, powerful song called Mistral Wind um, from uh, Dog and Butterfly. But the version that I connected with wasn't Dog and Butterfly. I liked it on that, but when you put out the Greatest Hits Live, I think in 1980, there was a version mm-hmm. of Mistral Wind on there that was just electric, and it would just send chills up your spine, you know, listening to that. Talk a little bit about that song, Mistral Wind. Yeah, um, Mistral is a, like a set piece. It's, it's, a, it's, it's an epic, it's long, and it goes through a whole bunch of changes of dynamics. And um, I really like that song because it takes you somewhere. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's the story of that, that uh, creative experience or sexual experience or some kind of passion experience that like you're just in the doldrums, you're floating along and all of a sudden you get hit with this storm of passion and it blows you just everywhere deep into your soul and then it passes on by and you're in the doldrums again. And, but you're longing for that thrill, that the height that that storm took you to. Musically, the, the, the dynamics echo the words. And uh, it's just really fun to sing because it's almost like opera or something in a way. You know? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, very much so. And we're going in order. We 18th song of the set, and you come back to Zeppelin, and it's, it's Black Dog. And um, something that I'm, I'm sure all your all your fans are familiar with and and you know, there's so many Zeppelin songs in the rock and roll canon, and, and you have so many Zeppelin songs I'm sure you could choose from. Uh, why this one? By the time we get around to doing Black Dog, people are getting really, um, they're to- totally physicalized. Their minds are not uh, judgmental anymore. They're, they're pretty wide open. And so to give them something super simple like black dog that's got lots of heat to it and it's got it's kind of tricky because the way we do it each verse is unto itself and then how i like to do it is sing a verse and then pause and establish a new one so there's a pause and it goes out of time you know and then it starts again and uh with the second verse and each verse is individual with a new time signature and I like doing that because it's it's it takes people along on this trip that is uh, real exciting. And, and Black Dog is sexy as hell. Yeah. Um, it's just got these words in it that are, you know, banned in Ireland type words. <laughs> <laughs> Strange coming from a singer from Wales, you know, yeah. from a lyricist from Wales, but yeah, totally yeah. blues up on steroids blues. And it's been such a pleasure talking to you and, and getting kind of behind this set list and, and hearing all these uh, uh, great stories about these songs. Um, I'm excited to hear uh, the new album, um, Fierce Bliss, comes out April 29th. I would imagine you're going to be back out on the road with a new set list. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Yep. Any any surprises that you can reveal from uh, any new, uh, other than the, the new songs we've heard you 
play three of them. Anything new that uh, you can talk about from the new set list? We're going into rehearsal here in the next few days for the next tour. And I know we're going to try and add more new stuff into the set. Yeah. I would like to try and maybe do uh, 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 a moment in heaven or, or one of the other rockers from the new record. Thank you, Ann. Thank you so much. Um, love the conversation in the in the stories and um, and the new new record too. It's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah, yeah. We'll look forward to seeing you out on the road. Continued success. Okay. Thanks. We'll see you out there. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.